every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Football Grad Podcast. We're back. I'm your host Manuel Veth. And yes, we are back. We are back online, back on air. After a long, long wait, after many, many weeks in isolation, after many, many weeks without haircuts, after many, many weeks of still not seeing really anyone, um, you know, we decided to do this podcast mostly because we're kind of bored and lonely. Um, so... You know, this isn't really about you guys, sorry. It's really just so that we can chat with <laughs> each other. So, yeah, chatting with me today is Andrew Flint all the way in Russia. Um, I, I, do you guys have corona or not? I mean, Vladimir Putin doesn't seem to be so clear about this. Andrew, well, still there? Well, we, we, we did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we had our, um, this week, we had the first uh, registered death from coronavirus in the city, but Chimen has been very well prepared because we've got this this hostel outside the centre, so uh, people are pretty, I don't know, pretty distant about it, really. Um, it's not exactly panic. It's certainly nothing like the reports I've seen of what life is like in the UK. My friends and family there are just rigid with fear about staying inside, which... I don't know. I, I'm not here to discuss the politics of all that, but over here, so far, my wife, my life has not changed a great deal, to be honest with you, because I work from home and I'm still working from home, but better than anything is being back on with you, boys. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's social distancing here in on the West Coast and in Canada, and I mean, um, I feel like life hasn't really changed too much at home. I mean, when I'm at home, I do home office, but... Um, it hasn't really changed that much in that regard. I mean, I do my eight hours in at Transfermarkt and I go for my bike rides. I have a home gym now and it doesn't really, it seems, it seems all very far away. I know Victoria is a little bit more isolated and that, that's why I'm curious. I mean, Tim, it looks like British Columbia, we're flattening the curve. We have some very encouraging numbers over the last few weeks, but how is it in Vancouver? I have friends there and they find this a lot harder than we do in Victoria. Yeah. <clears throat> First of all, hello everyone. Excited to be back. Very excited to talk to you. Uh, in Vancouver, I think, uh, Canadians are just disciplined nation. But again, like I am doing my part. I'm really staying home. I live with the elderly granny, uh, well, which I need to kind of help her and take care of her. So I have to be extremely, extremely careful because she is in the, uh, risk zone. Um, so that's why I've been pretty much staying at home. I've gone a couple of times, but really for necessities in terms of groceries. But I don't have a real picture because I live in a very uh, nice area. Mano, you probably know it. It's called West End. And I live on the first line, like really in front of the water. And you still see people like going around and we have such a nice weather today. I think it was plus 15 or something today. And it's just like absolutely beautiful people still going for the walk. Uh, maintaining the distance, that's absolutely visible. You see people just like really spread it around uh, along the seawall. Uh, but my life changed completely. Like I work at the, at, at the bank and like I make money by seeing people and like <laughs> developing financial planning and over the phone, it's obviously not the same. And my like, pers- like my business, my work life changed completely. Like you both work from home. For me, this is insanity. 
Yeah, seeing it for me, the, the, I mean, I, I work from home when I'm here, but I also, I mean, last year I flew to Germany or to Europe in general seven times, and uh, I don't think that's going to happen once <laughs> this year. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> um, I am pretty realistic that, I mean, coming back right now, the, the Canadian rules are quite strict, uh, although I do see a lot of U.S. license plates driving around Victoria. We have a lot of people that live on the island because it, it's beautiful, right? It's sunny. Um, our weather was plus 20 today. Um, Victoria is a lot warmer than the rest of the country, right? So people like to be mm -hmm. here. Um, but I'm not sure they're keeping the quarantine rules. I hope they do because if you come back to this country, you have to quarantine yourself for two weeks. Um, that means yeah. not even going out for anything. You have to stay at home for two, two weeks straight. Um, right now our rules are pretty, I think when you compare them to, I talk to my family in Germany all the time. Um, of course I miss them because I can't go back, right? Um, and, they, they're just slowly going to the level now that Canada is right now. They were, they shut it down very strictly. And I mean, we look at the numbers in Germany. They have a lot of cases, very few deaths. They're handling it very, very well in comparison to a lot of countries. So I think it's, it's the strategy that they used is working. But I think we're also very fortunate, um, that we live in a part of the world, Tim, that has a handled it well, but also allows us to live a pretty normal life with social distancing measures, right? Yeah. Because like in, on the West Coast, we have space. You can still yeah. go outside and it's pretty funny though when you go on runs or walks, the measures that will people will go through to keep the two meter distance. Yeah. <laughs> but good. But boys, um, social distancing aside, there is, we're back on this podcast to, to talk football. Um, I was just going to say that we, uh, we were talking about the virus, which we have absolutely no knowledge about. Yeah. And the whole transition was supposed to be, now we're going to talk about something we have a lot of knowledge, football, but I don't think that today is the case. No, I mean, it's, it's difficult to talk about anything these days or without mentioning this virus because it's like, it, it, that's the new normal. It's, it's, it's with everything, but, um, yeah, football. So. I work in football. I have still work. Uh, we're doing a lot of historical pieces and so on. But um, Transfermarkt actually has an office in Moscow, and they have been a lot busier than all the other offices because <laughs> there is actually football still being played in the post-Soviet space. And we'll get to that because we have three countries we're going to talk about today. Uh, Turkmenistan, Tajikistan, and of course the Big B, Belarus. Um <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing it's true we're talking about belarus not belarusia okay they get very upset about that tim think about that so but um i think andrew somehow always manages to sneak this in somehow tim um there's actually fnl news on the whiteboard i have no idea how he managed to do that so i guess we'll go to that first <laughs> I tried to get some some very obscure Moldovan news into one of our podcast notes, and and that was quickly shunted out. So I'm going to have to go further down the system to get Fennel news in. But um, but no, in, in all seriousness, the um one of the I'm, I'm sorry to start off on a slightly negative note, but one of the side effects of this whole coronavirus global pandemic that was always likely to happen is. Clubs are going to struggle and struggle to the extent where they can't finish their league season. Now, we don't know when league seasons are going to finish precisely. We've heard talks of plans to finish within, you know, summer months. But two Fennel clubs have already said, look, we're not going to finish the season. Amar Torpedo, Amar Vir and Luch Energia Vladivostok. Um, Luch we we all know Luch have had problems for, for years and years. They're constantly, constantly failing to pay players on time. Um, a year ago, or 18 months ago, I think it was, they they even appealed to the fans of the club to to bring food into the training ground where the players were sleeping, or some of them were, because they couldn't afford the rent um, of their houses uh, because their wages weren't being paid. And now they have said, we're dropping out of the Fennel. We just simply can't afford now that has been a government decision a regional government decision um the primorska Krai governor has said look we're, we're not going to finish the season for the hockey team for the football team and a lot of people have said they're using coronavirus as an excuse so it, you know in in the sense that they're bleeding money basically um so they have been for a long time and this is an excuse to cut part of the regional budget um so 
Lucha Negea will not be finishing the Fennel season. Torpedo Amavid will not be finishing. Um, uh, they have, well, a rather interesting investor, Alec McCritchen, um, who we know well. Um, so that's two clubs. I don't expect that to be the last. I don't think the Fennel will finish the season with now 18 clubs. I think it will be fewer than that that will finish. So Russian football is already being affected without even yeah. kicking the ball at the and moment. You- Question for you: How does that affect FK Tumen, your club? Uh well, unfortunately, we're so far down the table in the PFL that it won't affect us a, a great deal. But in terms of how FK Tumen are coping with the coronavirus, uh, not a huge amount of change, to be honest with you. They have managed, and the big news. So I should have put this in as the main theme of the entire podcast. <laughs> uh, you, you boys know that. Uh, Fekachu men have been battling courts of arbitration for sport ruling about um, alleged bonuses that were not paid to three players five years ago. Um, and it, the case all centered around two men refusing to pay uh, the fine, um, but they have now paid it, which means that the six point deductions are now going to stop. But we already have 12 taken off, so there's no way we're getting promoted. But most of the players, I'm surprised, so far have actually stayed. So Tumana looking, relatively speaking, much healthier than I expected. I honestly expected amateur football next season, but it looks like we'll be sticking around. We've still got some of our best players, so I think we will survive, <laughs> just about. Um, so, so far, so good. Healthy and well, survive, those are two big words we're going to use a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> Well, I, I'm just thinking, looking at the state of like, you know, the whole to me, uh, like, you know, to that region and yeah. the, the crazy thing, how they're trying to reform the third tier, which is absolutely insane. They, uh, they're trying to close down that, uh, Vostok zone, which holds now six clubs and, uh, move those clubs to another zones where, for example, Afkasahalin or like Irkutsk would have mm. to fly to like to St. Petersburg to play play a game which is absolutely insane but um I was thinking like you know if, if there is a down if yeah not every club would be able to afford maybe Tumen will survive I, I don't know yeah I, I think um with that reorganization that was mooted uh, it, like like you mentioned it's you'd you'd assume that they would simply lump whichever clubs still continued just straight into the nearest division, which is Tumen's division, the Gorel-Provolsha, but it's not apparently going to be that way. They would simply redistribute them among the four remaining regions, which is, which is so so brain-dead. I, I just I honestly wonder how these people even have conversations in their life, yet alone logical ones. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I've actually been talking to um, a vice president of um, oh God, Sergei Kuzmin, who was, the, who was a Russian Football Union presidential candidate a few years ago. He's helping me research my book that I'm writing about Fekaji Men's season, and I, I'm going to I'm going to ask him a bit more about this and see what his thoughts are on the reorganisation because he favours um, a broader spectrum, like geographically, um, representation of professional clubs in every region. Uh, personally, I don't think it's sustainable, but we'll see how it goes. Whew. I had a very good transition earlier, but this kind of ruined it. Um, but you know. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> but it's okay, though. You're social can... distancing your transitions, Manu. Yeah, social distancing. No, because like I had a transition, you know, I was going to go from health and survival, and then I was going to talk about like the Turkmenistan League, whatever. Um, but Andrew, Turkmenistan League, which I actually shockingly just found out, and I'm going to mention this in our next meeting over on Transfermarkt, we do not have in the system. And this is one disgrace. Of the this is a disgrace. It's a disgrace. It's probably the only <laughs> yeah, one missing. But then I looked up who was governing the country. Gubong Gali <laughs> Bedi Mohamedov. Yeah? The first few things that come up on his page are accusations of totalitarianism, violation of individual rights, corruptions, <laughs> and a bunch of other things and accusations. And yeah, he's apparently not that nice of a guy. But he also claims coronavirus does not exist in this country. Andrew, is, that seems legitimate enough to restart the league, right? Well, not only that, he also claims to have found a cure for the coronavirus. Oh, brilliant! Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, where have you been? Oh my word. Well, I mean, it, it, it's um, oh god, it isn't. It is. It's. 
I'm, I'm trying to back with myself right now. Part of me wants to find the humour in this, but it's we're back talking about a global pandemic, and it's 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 not it's not funny in in the global sense. But the man's delusion is 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 amusing, shall we say? Um, you from well done for pronouncing the name, by the way. Not a chance in hell I'm going to try and pronounce it. Um, uh, so yeah, so Manistan, yes, they claim they have zero cases. However, uh, this is when I say they, I'm talking about the officials, the the government. Um, they claim there has been zero cases, but um, there are hotlines within Turkmenistan for people who are showing symptoms of the coronavirus. So people are not the people are not completely stupid. They've not had the wall pulled over their eyes. They realise that. You know, global pandemic, global being the key word here, is not something just to forget completely. Uh, so because of the official details, uh, Turkmenistan League is due to start. Now, I mean, when we talk about the we talk about leagues in, you know, post-Soviet space, the, uh, you know, years ago, the key sides that represented these nations effectively would have been well supported. But now Turkmenistan League has... 100, 200 people on average, and that's just for regular league games. And, you know, for international games, they might get 10, 15,000, but, you know, the regular league games, people just simply don't turn up. Uh, so it's not a product that can really gain much of a financial advantage. There's no value in TV contracts. The players are not great, should we say. Um, so, so Manistan League is due to start because apparently, yes, like you say, there, there is no coronavirus here. Beautiful. I can't wait for the cure. Um, and the president of Turkmenistan, who was incidentally a dentist. Um, Tim, we had some great experiences with dentists coming up with great ideas on the eve of a coronavirus in Vancouver, right? So trustworthy people right there. So, um, yeah, that's, that's Turkmenistan covered. Let's check out their neighbors, Tajikistan, another country that's starting up um, play and uh, they're two match days into their season. I think we're talking a lot about um, countries in the post-Soviet space today that, that still play football. Um, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. At least we have this, we have this league in our, in our system. And, um, you know, I did actually, we have actually an article on uh, CSKA Dushanbe oh. on Football Grad. Because, you know, they, they were the first Soviet club to sign, uh, foreign players. I believe two Africans from Zambia. So, um, there's a little bit of history there. But boys, uh, thoughts on Tajikistan starting up. I mean, do they also have a dentist as a president claiming to, um, have found some miracle cure? Well, <laughs> I don't even know what to tell you because I just looked at the both Wikipedia pages of Tajikistan and Turkmenistan League. I know one club, one club <laughs> from the whole two leagues. Oh no, sorry, I have two clubs, and actually the second club, um, legendary reason I know them because they came to play. Remember that Kubok Sadruzstva Cup mm. when they played, and Spartak won 19-0 over a team called Vash from oh, yes uh, from Tajikistan. So glorious Vash. <laughs> Exactly. So my vision knowledge of the Tajikistan League is, let's say, limited. And uh, my, it's just funny how um, it's 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 all kind of put it all in, in all together because there's only a few leagues which are still playing right now. But it's funny how majority of football which is being played it's former USSR. Uh, does this is this like mentality thing? Is this because some of those countries are run by, let's call them, how, how did you, what's the word? Um, Autocrats, dictators, also, fascists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to keep going? <laughs> no, no, no. I think you should have started on the second one, but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but like, see, like, it's such an interesting, um, kind of, I, vision. Is it, is it like why it is? And like, kind of, bo all three uh, leaders, uh, including Belarus League say that it's not dangerous, the country not a danger, and um, football being kind of the result of, of, of that, um, you know, the, the, the policy, like the, just the vision which the, the leader of the country uh, puts on together. Um, we will talk more about Belarus League. I, I watched one of the games, but it was incredible because the, the teams walked into the, onto the field, shake hands, 
And then they show just a few hundred probably people over there. Like I would say, and cops. I would say 90% of people were in masks. And uh, like this is to me insane. So the teams still play football and shank, shake hands and do this whole thing. But like the, the people understand, okay, we still have to be careful. <laughs> so that's my thoughts on the Tajikistan restart of the league. Okay, Very so insightful. I did some quick researching on um, Tajikistan's leadership. The guy in charge is Imomali Rahman. He used to be called Imomali Rahmanov. Um, mm -hmm. They have a very consistent leadership there, Tim. He has been in charge since 1994. And is is that's the difference between uh, the uh, sort of similarity with the B Belarus? Yeah, because their president been forever. And uh, what was the other one we talked? Uh, Turkmenistan. Turkmenistan. Yeah, I bet that. Probably the same story could be. It's 2007, but he's only the second one and he succeeded the guy who was in charge before whose name I forgot because it was a long Central Asian Russian name. But, um, yeah, I mean, at least they have stability, right? <laughs> You're really glass cup full person. <laughs> <laughs> Human Rights Watch uh, classifies the country as a dictatorship. So there you go. Um, yeah, I, I mean, clearly, these these countries are guided by science and uh understanding of human rights to to make these decisions to to get the football back going but um yeah we actually have i i, I couldn't believe it actually because we actually have this full leak in the database and um you know you know guys i'm a, i am a big money guy i like to like to look up transfer values and <sighs> dujambe 83 sticks out for two reasons for me Sweet logo, overall total market value twenty eight thousand. <laughs> Boys, we could buy them. <laughs> I don't think we've got a shot at this. We could turn it into a football ground. We, we, we could uh, sweep the Central Asian Central Asian scene. I mean, oh God, it's nuts, isn't it? Um, you know, the, the the Tajikistan football. Well, you know, we've already covered it's it's not the. It, it's not the most glamorous league, should we say. However, what, one thing I would say is that Tajikistan, well, Tajik footballers do generally gravitate, the best ones do gravitate towards the Russian league. And not many have been fantastically successful, but uh, the mighty Fekachi men have had a Tajik international, uh, Farhad Vasyev. But just to sum up the level, I mean, okay, okay, look, football grad listeners, if you're new to the podcast, I have to put a disclaimer out. I am wildly biased towards Fekirchi men. They are not quite the greatest side in the world, like I sometimes lead what? you to believe. Um, I, I know, guys, I know. Look, we just, I just got to tone down their expectations, you know, because. My whole ideas got ruined. Well, no, look, we know the reality that they are the greatest side in the world, but some people won't have heard of them. And just so they don't get, they don't doubt themselves, this is why, you know, because they're. <laughs> You know, so it's the best kept secret in world football, should we say. Mm. Um, however, they do still play in the third tier of Russian football. And at the moment, we are in the bottom half of, of the third tier table. Um, and even still, a Tajikistan international struggle to get into our team. That is the level we're talking of Tajik football. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I, I'm sorry. It's as simple as that. But, I like this you idea know, of buying a club, though. I mean, for 28,000, we could buy every single player. And I actually noticed, you know, even better, FK Istafshan, total market value cinch, none, nada, nothing. We could just... <laughs> <laughs> we could sign up and actually raise their value. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure, like, if we offer them, they will gladly move to Canada. Well, me and Mano <laughs> in Canada. Maybe even in Tumen, they will gladly move. I mean, and before you asked, Yes, we have every single player in the database. They just have no value. <laughs> well, they're so good. There's no value. You can't put a dollar on it. There's one guy from Cameroon playing on the team. Maybe he has a shot. Mbeke Zibacho. Um, he's 24. Center forward. I bet you he, he probably signed up after um, dropping one of those emails that I get my um, email <laughs> for all the time. <laughs> the president of Nigeria is really is sending his son to play for the... Whatever the club it is. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, yeah, so that's remarkable. Um, I, I, I'm kind of struggling for words, but if you want to watch football, <laughs> um, I had friends message me 
Manu, you need to get the TV rights for this and put it on football ground. And now that I'm actually looking at the market values of these teams, I th- reckon we could. We could probably buy the well, market values. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you joke about it, Manu, but I mean, this is what is, is suddenly is sweeping away around the world, isn't it? People are, are snapping up the very few TV rights that exist. And if we get in early, the value of these realistically is not much, but because of the supply and demand, is it, you know, they're going to start charging a bit more. So we get in early. We could have a valuable product on our hands here. Out of well, nowhere. Uh, kind of doing the helping Manu with the next transition is that because like it's insane like Match TV which is like the biggest Russian sports channel just started broadcasting uh, Belarus League and they just been showing so many games like it's it's absolutely available uh, Andrew you said that you uh, will start watching uh, on Match TV so pff, absolutely yeah. Yeah. absolutely and there's our main topic well done um, Belarusian League because as fun as Tajikistan is now we're going to the real meat of the episode. Yeah, so we're going to the real meat of the episode. And let me just point this out. The Belarusian League is the best league in the world right now. I mean, hands down. I can, when it comes to the league still playing, there's the Taiwanese League, there is, uh, Tajikistan, there is Nicaragua. Turkmenistan, there is that league in Nicaragua. Can, can you imagine that? Like we had some, we have, of course, in our football garage chat, we have some people from, from Latin America. Is five million euros bet on games in Nicaragua when they're still kept playing? Five million euros because people can't help themselves; they're betting, right? Yeah. Um, but I think I reckon right now, the Belarusian league is the best league on the planet. It's a big B. It's where everyone wants to be, and this is where we're going. We're going to the biggest league on the, the planet on the world. Um. Average attendance around 300, but you know, <laughs> this is where it's at. It's like, it's the Premier League. It's the greatest league. It's the top league. It's Belarusian top flight football. And we're going to talk about it for the I next 35 minutes. <laughs> Manu, I, I absolutely love how excited you are there. That just, that was just pure excitement. It was like a kid at Christmas opening a box. Like, there's actually football still here. It doesn't matter what it's like. I love it. <laughs> and it's in our region. We had to come out of our COVID-19 slumber. We had to actually... Uh, no, we didn't have to shave. This is not a TV. But we had to actually... No, it's, it's not... You didn't have to do anything. We just had to record. But <laughs> I mean, we're here in separate rooms around the world talking about a league that actually had football. Um, I mean... To be fair, it's not very good. Um, no. I don't want to deflate the balloon early on. And I don't think Belarusians even like to go right now because we, we have the attendance numbers and the different results. And I could read them all out, but you could just go on Wikipedia or Transfermarkt and check the results out there. Um, but I would say like the best attended game was Dinamo Brest um, against Isloch. There was a 1,169 uh, people in that stand. Now, um, I struggled though with this, boys, because when I did research for this podcast, refreshed all my knowledge from Belarusian football. And before anyone laughs, yes, I used to have knowledge from Belarusian football. It's just a long time ago. When I did research for this, one of the articles that popped up with Dinamo Brest was that they put up mannequins in the stadium to make it appear like there were more people in the stadium, right? So does the 1,169 include the mannequins? That's a good well, question. You know, you know, actually, Barry, you mentioned that. I, this is one of the few things I actually genuinely am quite impressed with. They, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous in one sense, but they've been selling virtual tickets to games for these mannequins. Those mannequins that you see, they're not just simply, oh, we're just trying to make it look better. They are actually people who have paid. They're actual paid mannequins. <laughs> they, they, they've, they, they, genuinely, they've paid, people have paid. 20 euros or 25 euros, sorry, I think it is. And for that, you get your picture on a mannequin, you get the, the match day program and a bunch of online content that's exclusive to you. And they, you know, they throw in a few little extras and, and you, you, they stream or you can watch the games because it's being broadcast around the world, but they're making money out of people not even actually being in the stadium, which Best I mean, look, you've got to say again, Tim. Best league in the world. So is that well, number they included they, they, in that attendance? 
it is. I believe it is because they um, because they count you towards the they count you towards the figure they say in the release. I may I may have got that wrong. They may have included it in a separate attendance figure for total um, uh, for total uh, paying uh, customers. But to be fair to them, to be fair to the club. They're making the best out of what is a pretty, pretty dreadful situation, and and keeping themselves going. Because lest we forget, although we are laughing at the ridiculousness of this situation yeah. um, on a football sense, it is still the livelihood of a number of people. You know, the club officials and the the fans. Just people need that social release. They need to watch it. You joked about five million dollars uh, being bet on the Nicaraguan league. Well, it shows that people something I mean, you need some entertainment in your life it's it's not the most important thing health and safety obviously is but it doesn't mean that you you, you can't have things that you need like this for entertainment and at Dynamo Breast to be fair to them look if they're going to squeeze money if people are willing to pay that little extra to not even be there well who's to say they shouldn't this is a this is a big and important question though like we, we're going to obviously discuss it now and um, speak about this league um this was one thing that we had chatted about in our secret football grad chat um, as well. How do you guys feel about watching this league? Is that something that we should do? Is it something that we shouldn't do? Because obviously the implications are, and I'm just going to use some quotes by uh, President uh, Lukashenko, who is another very quiet, qualified doctor in the post-Soviet space. Mm-hmm. And um, his quotes include, no one will ever die of the coronavirus, which is, of course, wrong. 29 people in Belarus have died. Um, we have found a combination of drugs to rescue people. Well, so did Trump. I mean, you know, that malaria drug worked out very well for those people in Arizona. Um, those cures include drinking vodka, driving a tractor and going to the sauna. Then his other quote is, coronavirus is a psychosis used by the West to extend their dominance. I'm not quite sure how shutting down the world economy is going to extend their dominance, but sure, Alexander, I give you that. So with this crazy, in lack of better words, in power, basically keeping this league going, how do you guys feel about watching it? One gift that never gets returned? Trick question. It's three gifts, beer, wine, and spirits. And with Drizzly, you can send the gift of drinks right to your loved one's doors. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and holiday spirits, then get them delivered right to that lucky someone's door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly is giving customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code JINGLE at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, I tried to separate uh you know that politics from football even sometimes we should not and sometimes we can't but um uh, my example which i referred to earlier that the players were shaking hands and the audience most of the audience and the cops were uh, wearing masks i think that just shows the kind of this disconnect between what uh, the president is saying that, you know, there's no risk, there's no nothing, you just have to drink a bit of vodka and go to sauna and you're fine. Disconnect from what actual people are thinking and how they're behaving and how they, you know, the internet, sorry, the, the world is global now for the internet, you can learn anything. And, um, yeah, there's this kind of, but I don't think that should, um, make us feel bad watching or talking about the league because, to be honest, the players are just, unfortunately, in the circumstances, they're employees and uh, they're just going to work as, you know, as, as dry as it might sound, uh, but they have to go to work and um, that's kind of their livelihood. And um, yeah, so I think I watched uh, a game uh, of two worst teams uh, uh, when that happened. It was between Belshina and um, Gordazia. Uh, it wasn't good. 
<laughs> that's that's uh, the bottom line, isn't it? Andrew, how do you feel about it? Well, I I think I basically agree with Tim's point of view because you know it's it's very easy to simply take the moral high ground if you like and say, look, this is ridiculous. You can't prioritize sport. It's it's irrelevant when health and safety matters. And as far as I'm concerned, it is part of. Well, okay, I'll, I'll say it. I think it's part of maintaining your mental health. You need the distractions. If you if you shut down for the sake of shutting down, it can be an extremely depressing, dark place for a lot of people, for most people. Yeah. Um, I know it's a reality that we have to face up to, that we, we have to socially distance, and it's been generally accepted as the responsible thing to do. But that doesn't mean that these things don't matter the sport doesn't matter now whether belarus should be actually playing these games and it as as far as i understand they're not testing all the players rigidly every game so they are risking the spread um i I mean i'm I'm i'll just say this the the borders have closed and if the the belarusian president is so determined to deny it then it's 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 going to end up being his problem and the problem of his people now, there is a risk that it is socially irresponsible, that by trying to deny it, and yes, he's trying to play down fears and his people may be calmer if they believe him, but it may very well end up spreading the virus to more people in this country that could have been avoided by simply following um, the the pattern that's happened around the world. So it's quite a hard dilemma for me. But on balance, I hate to say it, but I think actually it's for the best if we had absolutely no football at all then it would be a it's not the most important thing but it is still important to have that in our lives and uh, I, I'm certainly going to be paying attention and uh, I think people around the world will continue to watch I think it's a multi-million dollar question isn't it um, like how important will it be to and I think a lot of countries around the world are wrestling with, with that very question at the moment at what point are we relaxing things enough to allow certain things to come back, right? Um, in in Germany, for example, when are we going to allow the Bundesliga to play behind closed doors? Um, here in North America, some of the indoor sports, are we going to maybe finish the season as a tournament, the playoffs, right? Um, at what point are we allowing certain things to come back? Um that's a very important question because I think people do need that social outlet. And it's, I think it's very important for the mental health because what we're doing, we're joking here, right? Um, what we're doing right now as a society is, is not easy. <laughs> I don't think anyone is finding this easy at the moment. Whether you are a risk worker or whether you're just staying at home, this is an extreme cut into who we are as human beings. I mean, look how excited we were to just do this podcast, not even just to do content but just to chat um i think that is something very important to to keep in mind when it comes to any decisions made when it comes to sport going forward now the belarusian league and uh lukashenko um it is a league that we have paid a little attention to in the past mostly because of Bart borisov right and the, the team that famously beat bayern munich in the, in the champions league group stage um, this is a league that was dominated by Bart Borisov for a long time, for 13 years in a row. They won the title. And then one man came along, boys. One man. And he changed it all. <laughs> he came in, drove on a tractor, which is very important in the Belarusian context. It's not just a cure for the COVID-19. It also makes you a league, league, league champion. Diego Maradona visited Brest and he made them champions or something like that. Um, Tim, is Maradona still the president of Dinamo Brest? Please say yes. Uh, let's let me say yes, but to be honest, I don't think anyone knows, including Maradona and the team. Uh, but um, that was a very interesting character. So just to give you a little bit of perspective, like exactly like you painted the picture, the Batea was unbeaten champions for thirteen years, and you know that's kind of the problem which we already talked about on on this podcast in the past. Uh, when we obviously talk uh, football globally and we look at the whole all the clubs, Bayern Munich, Atletico Madrid, Real, and Barcelona, all that stuff, but 
when we're talking about, let's say, the second, maybe even the third tier leagues, when you have one team which is consistently playing in Europe and making those European league, uh, European um, tournaments money, it's very, very hard to beat them because on the scale of the, their local league, they're just being extremely, extremely well paid. They have financial stability and um, ability to buy the best players from the other clubs and that was uh, Bata Borisov's story. So it was 13 years of uh, consistent, uh, you know, ruling the whole week, uh, league and that's why this um, Dynamo Brest story is very interesting because they were able to um, to to bring this uh, 13-year spell of con- constant winning and like you said, Bata was a good team. They did well in Europa League, they did well in Champions League, like I said, famously winning uh, against Bayern Munich and then also uh, playing, I think they played a tie against Atletico Madrid and um, it's uh, that's why it's very important but that also came with some money because the Dynamo, Dynamo Brest had some good investments they they did good uh, good, uh, you know, scouting uh, they brought uh, as a stunt Diego Maradona who honestly like was <laughs> driving the, <laughs> the the truck and really looked re- really famously and like it, it really attracted the the attention and then they did some really really good signings like one of the biggest signings the player who really was incredible for them is uh, Milevsky uh, who played for Dynamo Kiev and a whole bunch of other clubs but um, uh, he is I believe he's 30 he's definitely over 30 close to 35, 35. he's still 35 he still got it and um, uh, he now does a video blog, and through that video blog, you can get some really good insight uh, how how the team works. Um, but um, that's a very interesting story in the context of the Belarus leagues, and uh, to see how this Dynamo Brest things will go on, because like in all the football, uh, it's always connected to money. And uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, that's definitely a good story. It's good, It's it's probably one of of my favorite stories. Um, is Milevsky is is of course a player that was gifted with an enormous amount of talent, and um, unfortunately also with an enormous amount of ability to mm-hmm. make the wrong career choices. Um, I think every year when we do a podcast about a team in Eastern Europe doing marginally well for some odd reason he seems to be playing on that team um <laughs> i think two years ago we did something on red star he was on there uh oh no it wasn't even red star it was one of the other serbian teams. yeah that was it Hajduk, sorry croatia um we did something on kazakhstan he played there um played the various different ukrainian clubs and now oh, look at him he's at dynamo breast um <laughs> and if we have any uh, R- Russian-speaking or Ukrainian-speaking listeners, I highly, highly recommend his video blog because he really he does a great job as just like entertainer. He's 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 a great player. He's entertainment, but like uh, the story he tells is crazy. Like he 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 tells how it is. For example, he said when Maradona showed up, uh, well, Maradona was be the president of Dynamo Brest. Okay, we all know how Maradona is is an interesting character and being a president of a club in Belarus, insane. So he uh, he was asking in the interview. So how was it? He's like, I'm not sure. I think Maradona was a little bit out of it when he showed up to the dressing to the to the dressing room. He shake he shook everyone's ha- hands, um, but I don't think I've seen him after that. <laughs> so that's the president of the club. So he just shows the whole comical situation of Maradona arriving to the Roman breast, driving this massive tank. And like being like, I am the president. And then just like the players, like, who, what? Like, we saw him once. <laughs> there is, there, I mean, it's, it's wonderful that we get to talk about, uh, trucks and, um, Maradona and all that. Oh, that's a good transition. It's, it's, it saddens me though, boys. Um, I, I'm a big, you know, one of the things that drew me to Eastern European or post Soviet football was the club names, you know. The Torpedoes, the Spartaks, the Dynamo. Um, and there's one other one that we had a lot in East Germany is Traktor. Now, Lukashenko here claims that Traktor is a cure for COVID-19. But boys, I look at this club, the, the club names on this, on this names. And there's some really good ones. There's Schachtjör. I like that. Miner is great. Um, there's a Torpedo. That's always good. Dynamos. Lots of Dynamos. 
I mean, even bate. I mean, when you when you look it up, what that means, um, fantastic. There's an energetic. Yes, is Loch. I think that's Raven, right, Tim? It's also a cool name. Um, so yeah, there's some good ones, but no tractor. Th- that saddens me. Andrew, how do you feel about a tractorless post-Soviet league? Well, it's just not the same, is it? Um, it's it's it's, it's um, it, it's it weakens it weakens the league in my view. Absolutely. Um, and they're missing they're missing a trick here, big time. Um, but no, in, in all seriousness, the the links, the close links that well, hundreds, I would argue, um, Soviet post-Soviet clubs have to local industry is, in my view, is it is genuinely quite an important part of the identity, isn't it? Because, I mean, yes, okay, Lukashenko's comments on tractors will make outsiders laugh at the, the link to tractors and the negative stereotype of Belarusians is they're farmers that they eat potatoes and they just work with their hands in the fields and it's it's a it's a horrible misconception it's a it's a terrible and i want to make it clear that's not what i'm trying to say i'm saying this is the negative stereotype that is peddled a lot so there is a danger that we laugh at tractors in a stereotypical way but actually when you look at the backbone of what a society is it makes a connection to a team much stronger if a team is directly linked to the local area so um money the the this the thing is you see the 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 biggest strongest most impressive looking industrial vehicles as we all know of course are, are russian right the kamaz trucks they're the biggest trucks in the world that you see yeah um, we thought that until uh, this I'm, podcast. I'm right in saying that I'll tell <laughs> we had that we did think that andrew we did think that until tim pointed us to what he calls a bellas and it changed the conceptions of our life forever <laughs> because you think russian trucks are big no, no, no. You, you have not toyed with President Lukashenko. Because Tim, what's the bellas? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> I don't know. It's a massive truck size of a building. <laughs> is that, is that the correct, uh, explanation? But really, like, um, ex- when I was just like really looking for, looking into, uh, Belarus, Bel- Belarus League, I was like looking, okay, Torpedo Belas. Belas, I remember what it is. It should be some kind of truck. And then I Googled it. Oh my God, please. Be- before, and yeah, anyone Google Belas trucks, you will not be disappointed. It's a moving city on wheels. <laughs> we will post pictures uh, on our Twitter uh, on Football Grad, but like it's absolutely insane. It's a massive, massive truck. And it's like the biggest truck I've seen in... We'll post the pictures. It's like you, you, if you're listening on your phone, just like open the browser window and just uh, Google Bilas, B-E-L-A-Z, and you'll be absolutely blown away. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, to, to, give, to give people an idea of scale, got to remember, Kamaz is the, is the biggest truck producer, uh, industrial truck producer in Russia. They, they have produced a vehicle that has won the Paris Dakar Rally for a record number of years, and it can cope with literally anything. It is. Kamaz vehicles are seriously, seriously tough and big, yeah. and they use all across the world. And this thing, the wheels are bigger than a Kamaz. Just the wheels. And I'm talking significantly bigger, right? And it's guys? got six it's wheels. Not, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I'm, 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 not, I'm not exaggerating, though, am I, boys? You know, no. I'm, I'm actually genuinely being serious. The, the wheels are that much bigger than a Kamaz itself. And a Kamaz is that much bigger than a car. It's, it's the oh, Kam- geez, so this Bella's truck is 450 tons, metric tons. <laughs> oh, it's my. so big you could actually play in it. Like, right? It's, yeah. Um, yeah. fittingly enough, Torpedo Stadium is painted in blue and yellow to fit the colors of it. Um, I do seriously hope that when this is all over, we get to travel again. I'm going to go to Belarus and I'm going to go to Torpedo and I'm going to hope that in Shudino there is an actually truck inside that stadium. I want to see it. It's, that's mind boggling. <laughs> I mean, well, I, Manu, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I'll do you a favor. Um, I'll, I'll join you in Belarus because when the, when the sport re- resumes again, as of course the entire world is hanging on tentacles for, 
the UEFA Champions League final, in which two men will be competing, I'd just like to mention, um, is due to take place in Minsk, of course, as everybody knows. Um, so I will go, I'll do an investigative week. Um, I'll research some of the clubs. Um, so just to, just in case anybody misheard me or didn't quite catch on, two men will be in the, the, the Champions, UEFA Champions League final. Um, that's two men, by the way. Um, that's Indoardo, right? That's a small incident. Okay, detail. well, it's let's talk about more fight. Belarusian names then before we get. Just, just can I, can I just wrap this up? Uh, this this part of the podcast because just we talked about Terpeda Belas. Just a small mention. They're the leaders of the league. Yeah, they first. So no big truck, big results. Apparently, an energetic big EU is ahead on points uh, on goals. Ah, bullshit. Terpeda Belas is top. <laughs> 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 hey, look, we're all we're all Belarusian football ultras now, so <laughs> I can see which team you picked. Then. Um, it was no, no, no. Actually, it's a funny story. Uh, me and a couple of my friends have also like a group chat, and we decided, okay, if there's Belarus league going, somebody has to take the the uh, a team, and I stupidly picked the team called Bilshina because in Russian that's such a crazy <laughs> name. It's oh, no. it's. If you take a look, if you translate it word by word, it means Belarus tires. So just imagine like supporting the club, which means Belarus tires. But to me, it was just the most ridiculous name. So before the season started or whatever, they played one or two games. I said, I'm going for this team because they have the most ridiculous uh, name. We're lost. Big one mistake, point. Tim. Big mistake. You should not have gone for FC tire. Um. <laughs> Belarus tire. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I think, uh, you know, if you made your choice already, I, I'm gonna go for Torpedo. I'm, wow. Ah, you glory hunter. Glory hunter, Manny. <laughs> There's only now, one club, and if you anyone know, says size doesn't matter. Oh, that means, that means, but Andrew, you can join FK Slutsk. And FK Slutsk has the biggest supporter group of all Belarusian clubs in the world. So it's the most supported club on the planet right now. It's kind of like Manchester United, only in Belarus, right? Only due yeah, to, but they're due better. <laughs> you mean Slutsk is better? I mean, uh, their third is that's your Europa League spot. So <laughs> you might have an argument there. Anyways, this team, Tim, you got a fantastic story on this. This team. So Andrew, if you join them, you will join a real community. Of hardcore fans around the world that <laughs> decided to support FK Slutsk. Yeah, this is absolutely insane. I think this is like the best story which comes out of this whole uh, Belarus focus uh, pandemic f- football situation. Because really, there is this city in Belarus which is called Slutsk. But if you spell it in English, it's, it's pronounced as Slutsk. And obviously that gives a little bit of humorous approach to, to the name of the team. And then in Australia and Adelaide, they started going crazy and started the supporting group. This Facebook group now has over 4,000 diehard Slutsk fans on, on the internet who are absolutely passionate about every single aspect of the team Slutsk. And it's just absolutely insane how, um, it's hard for me to describe really, but like that, that, um, humorous passion how people just like make posts about uh, FC Slutsk uh, on the internet is just brilliant um, it's it's I don't know <laughs> it's it, it, it is funny story it is interesting um, how uh, Andrew in, because you're like an English uh, language like obviously native speaker is it funny Slutsk yeah, I, I, I gotta be honest. When, um, when Leonid Slutsky took over at, at Hull City, there was the same round of, of titters at the back row of a, of a classroom. Um, so it, it, look, it's, people will laugh at it. I mean, they, they, of course they will. Um, and when I, when I saw the team name, um, I'll be honest, I haven't, I haven't followed, uh, the lower reaches of Belarusian football anyway. The Europa League teams, yes, but not the lower reaches. And I saw that name and I, I, at first I groaned, um, and I thought, oh God, here we go. Um, but actually I thought, why do we have to be uptight about this? If they're embracing it, which I, as far as I understand, the clubs are, are not, um, are not doing anything against this. In fact, the only problem in the whole, 
story here for me is the the Belarusian League themselves. The official Belarusian Premier League uh, Twitter account has been contacting any of these Twitter accounts that are posting highlights because, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, the value of these TV rights is now suddenly becoming worthwhile because so many countries need it. And they're now telling a lot of these Twitter accounts, look, you've got to take down these posts, otherwise we'll get our lawyers onto you. And, you know, a lot of these Twitter accounts are are saying, well, look, we're promoting your league. We're, We're jumping on this bandwagon, but without us, you know, it's half the effect will take place. And I can actually see both sides of the argument. But, um, yeah, their name like Slutsk, you've got to take what you can at this point. And that is, there's no point avoiding it. It is a selling point. It is a point that will grab people's attention. And if it's motivated in the right way with 4,000 people in a Facebook group, a Twitter account that's just churning out content, then, well, in the end, who are you to complain about it? Uh, Andrew, I think that's the perfect end to this podcast you have to take <laughs> what you can get and that's where we add and that's why we're talking about the biggest best league in the world the belarusian vishishaya liga oh uh, let me see there's oh. one one last comment sorry sorry you probably had it all lined up but the the, the greatest thing which i love about this because uh, it's called vishishaya liga like you said that means not top league that means the topest league so, like the actual russian translation it's like the you know, like we have a top division. Isn't but it they Supreme, call the Tim? Isn't that the exactly. best? Supreme exactly. League? Exactly. The exactly. high, higher league. The, the highest. The, 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 the topest league. The bestest league. Like, it's... it's Supreme. It, it's, so, it's so ironic that right it's now not, it came out. You know, Champions League is like here. And then, like, imagine my hand proving, like, above the other hand. That's where the Vicious Shire Liga is. <laughs> Supreme. Oh, yes. You know? It's like, yeah, it's the best. It's they should even they shouldn't do him like that. Like it's the like the best, biggest, or whatever you know. Like the the whole like Champions League thing that the Manchester City fans always whistle that one. That'd be great for this league. They should just do it. So yeah, um, I'm glad we did this. I mean, I I felt entertained for the last fifty five minutes or so. I hope anyone listening to this podcast <laughs> felt entertained about this as well. And I, I know this is a tough time. Um, it's, it's hard. Sometimes this can be hard. And I think, um, it's important that, you know, you know, you're not alone in this. We're literally all in this. Every single person on the planet is doing this and we all trying to do our part. And, you know, look, if you're doing your part, if you're all doing your part, we can get back to watch other leagues. I know you're probably dying to watch the best, biggest league. Belarusian league for the rest of your life, but if you're all doing our part, um, we're in, we're in this together and we will be through this faster. So yeah, please stay home, keep your distance, listen to the authorities and, uh, reach out. If you want to reach out, if you want to chat, reach out to any of us. If you have questions, if you have suggestions, what we can do next, um, let us know. Anyways, boys, Tim, Andrew, I hope you're staying home. I hope you're keeping your social distance. Um, other than that, anything you want to promote? I know, Tim, for you, it's probably pretty tough at the moment with all the <laughs> yeah. concerts and so on, but <laughs> let us know anyways. Yeah, uh, for us, I just really want to back up what Manu said, like a very good, very good way to end the podcast. And uh, just if you made it to the point where we are right now with the podcast, more than ever right now we need any suggestions any questions any you know topics to discuss maybe you heard something about the tajikistan league which we didn't cover and maybe there's an interesting or funny story which we can discuss please uh football grata on twitter um, please uh send us messages like we said more than ever we want we want to keep doing this we want to keep talking to each other we want to produce some content for you on some obscure post-soviet leagues uh but if you into this help us and send us questions because um we do it uh for us and for you as well yeah andrew anything you want to add uh, yeah, no, you guys have said, said it very well there. I think, um, I, you, you, there is no avoiding what is a global pandemic and the, the disasters around it. And it, effect, it affects all of us in some way and will affect us more in the future. But it doesn't mean that we can't 
take what little bits of enjoyment that we can out of it. So I hope we've provided that. And if, like you say, the more interaction we get from people, that itself will bring us together in some way. I don't think there's any shame in enjoying what football we have left. Um, and it will get back, like you say, back to normal. But for the time being, we'll do our best to to bring you what we can. Yes, 100%. You can find us on Twitter, find us on Facebook. We're on footballgrad.com. Um, yeah, give us a shout. Anything you want. Uh, we'll try to cover it within reason. We might even do the Taiwanese league. Who knows? Until next week, boys and girls. Dos vidanya. the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.